This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And this is the Ruben Report at a special time. Yes, you are not freaking out or having some sort of medical condition. It is 2 p.m. Eastern on July 18th, 2023. We're a couple hours late today. I was on the Patrick Bet David podcast uh, this morning, which is up in Fort Lauderdale. So I had a bit of a drive and a hike to get up there. I was there for a couple hours. Uh, if you did not see it, we had a great conversation about Trump, DeSantis, Vivek culture, the stuff. Uh, you can check that out on Patrick's YouTube channel. Uh, and we've got a big show for you today. As always, post-game show over at rubenreport.locals.com. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that today is a Ruben Report first. I am doing the Dave Rubin travel outfit on the show. That's right. I'm wearing a t-shirt, not the open collar that you've come to expect and love and often send me very uh, unpleasant messages about because you'd like to do things to me that you can't do. I don't know you. You don't know me. Uh, but people do love that. But today, this is Dave Rubin when I go to the airport. This is more of my travel look. There you go. Uh, so that is happening. And speaking of things that are happening, like as we speak, uh, I guess just in the last two hours or so, uh, some more legal nonsense mumbo jumbo has happened related to President Trump. We'll cover more of it uh, tomorrow because we already had the show basically set for today. But I want to cover it real quick in case you haven't heard. Uh, this is from the Daily Wire. Trump expects to be arrested, indicted by special counsel Jack Smith in 2020 election case. So again, I don't want to cover too much about it right now because I want to, oh, do we have some more? Yeah, we have some. Oh, oh, we do have some more. Uh, former president, Donald Trump. I thought we were just doing a headline. Let's do it. Let's do the whole thing as long as we're here doing a show. Uh, former president Donald Trump uh, said Tuesday he has been informed by special counsel Jack Smith, that he is a criminal target of a Washington, D.C. grand jury investigating his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Trump announced on Truth Social that he said he got a target letter Sunday night in which Smith's office offered him the opportunity to appear before the grand jury this week. The development indicates another indictment could be on the way, although it does not say what charges Trump would face. He is under indictment in Manhattan in connection with an alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and in Florida, where Smith's office accused him of mishandling sensitive documents. So we, obviously this is not going anywhere. We will continue to cover it. Do want to mention that the Florida case has nothing to do with the state of Florida. It is a federal case. I would also say broadly on all of this, we need to understand more so what the specific charges are. If the charges are that he incited a riot, I mean, they are gonna have a hell of a time 
uh, getting him on that because he repeatedly said, you can go and you can protest, but do it peacefully, et cetera, et cetera, including tweets that he sent out that were subsequently taken down and a bunch more. I would also say broadly, this is nothing but a witch hunt. It has, continues to be a witch hunt. And for these people that are doing the witch hunt, it seems fairly obvious to me, you guys either want Trump to stay in the news so that he gets the nomination because you think he's easier to beat than say one of the other guys, uh, or you're actually trying to jail him, in which case uh, you're not good people. Either way, you are not good people. And uh, yeah, we shall see where this goes. I'm being told on the fly, there is a Tuesday question for me. You guys have a question. I don't know that I've not heard this question. You're going to tell me what, you're going to ask me a question right now and I'm going to have to answer it on the fly. Go ahead. What city is Patrick Bet David from? Well, he's from Iran, right? He's Persian originally. I think he's from Iran. So what city in Iran? Um, would it be, um, I don't know, it's, give me a city. Uh, give me a city in Iran. Tehran? How about Tehran? Tehran would be my guess. I mean, that's the main, yeah, he's from Tehran. Huh? Ah, you see why you watch this show. It's all there, people. The question is whether you can get to it. He is from Tehran, Iran. I don't know that I could have come up with three other cities in Iran. So that was... All right. Uh, the theme of our show today is Hollywood crumbling right now and how that's connected, not just to the woke thing, but the sort of broader uh, collapse of all of our institutions. As you know, Hollywood writers are going through a strike that now many actors are jumping on board. Uh, this is also connected to the sports world. And perhaps it is good as these things crumble because we need some new things. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, that we've got a solution to combating the lunacy. We'll get to that at the end. Let me talk to you about Patriot Supply and then we'll get to it. Uh, why are so many people buying emergency food right now? Well, as tensions continue to escalate, our fragile food supply chain could break down again. One shocking headline spreads panic like wildfire and grocery stores Grocery stores are empty within hours. This means you really need a proper supply of emergency food on hand before disaster strikes. You'll breathe easier knowing you can feed your family in crisis. Go to preparewithruben.com for your one week emergency food supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of happy, worry-free customers. It comes in a nifty ammo can that's loaded with delicious foods. There's no need to skimp on meals because they offer 2000 calories per day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only on the one-week emergency food supply. Go to preparewithruben.com. That's preparewithruben.com. And now back to me. Okay, so let's dive right back into it. I mentioned last week because we covered a story uh, related to former NBA star, now quite excellent sports broadcaster, Charles Barkley, that I like Charles Barkley a lot. I actually like Charles Barkley more as a broadcaster than I liked him as a player. He didn't play a lot of defense. I liked some teams that were going against him, uh, particularly the Rockets when they were going against the Suns in 95. Uh, but Charles has become an excellent broadcaster. He's funny as hell. He is outspoken. For the most part, I really like this guy. Uh, but he seems to be a little confused related to some of the woke topics. The, the thing we hit him on last week was that after the affirmative action decision was made by the Supreme Court, Barkley announced that he was going to, to uh, donate $5 million after his death, so not right now, but after his death, $5 million for black kids to get scholarships to Auburn. And it's like, I don't know why you're still focusing on race. And also, Charles, hopefully you have another 50 years on this planet. If we're still focused on this shit 50 years from now where you just want black kids to get into school, it's like, 
this is a problem. Also, $5 million, 50 years from now, he's probably going to get one kid into college because that's how expensive college will be. Uh, anyway, so he kind of missed the mark on that, but he's, he's missed the mark on something else. And I think it's worth noting because he is sort of, uh, I would say, culturally relevant. This is a headline from the New York Post. Charles Barkley defends Bud Light, slams Dylan Mulvaney critics as rednecks and assholes. The former NBA star turned television commentator was seen in a video clip that went viral on social media chastising those boycotting Bud Light. Uh, we've got a quote from the New York Post and then we've got some video for you. All you rednecks or assholes who don't want to drink Bud Light F y'all, the outspoken television commentator told a cheering crowd at a bar in Lake Tahoe, California, where he was playing in a celebrity golf tournament over the weekend. Uh, let's take a look at that video and then we shall dissect. I want y'all to drink this beer. I want y'all to drink this beer. I got three cases of Bud Light. Hey, and I want to say this. If you're gay, bless you. If you're transgender, bless you. And if you have a problem with that, you. Brave. Powerful and brave. Now, first off, I don't have a problem with gay people. I've noted once or twice before my husband's gay. Okay, that's one thing. I don't have a problem with trans people in that if you are an adult and wish to uh, dress however you want, live however you want, uh, it's not my thing. I don't think you should be uh, encroaching on children and all of those things, but you can live how you wish to live. And if you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. The problem is that respect is a two-way street. That seems to be lost on a whole bunch of people. Uh, the issue when he says, all right, if you're gay, God bless you. Okay, that's fine. If you're trans, God bless you. And he says, if you have a problem with that, F you. Now that, that's the problem because what he's confused by, and this is what I think a lot of the wokesters and even the people who cite, who sort of potentially at some level understand what's really going on here, what they miss is that it's not that people necessarily have a problem with trans people. People didn't have a problem with trans people until all of this nonsense related to kids and drag queen story hour and all of the books that are in schools and Disney pushing this stuff and everything else. So for him to flippantly dismiss it, like if you're gay, God bless you. And you're trans, God bless you. And if you don't agree, F you. Like you're not addressing what the real issue is. It's, it's just such like a simplistic, nonsensical version of what really is happening there. And I would hope that Charles Barkley, uh, that if he had a young child, I think he has a couple kids, if I'm not mistaken, if he had a young child and his young son suddenly thought he was a girl, I hope that Charles would fight the machine as it tried to chemically castrate his son or change the child's pronouns or put the child on hormones and all of the stuff. And he probably would. He probably would. So it's not, this is one of the things the left does really well. It's like, you either love everybody or you're an evil mf'er. And we have to stop playing that game. But that game, when it, whether it comes to uh, gender and sexuality and this nonsense or uh, race, it does not seem to want to let go. So I want to read you this tweet by, this is a Washington Post reporter, a, a Washington Post journalist by the name of Emily Yar. Uh, she writes, as Luke Combs' hit cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car dominates the country charts, it's bringing up some complicated emotions in fans and singers who know that Chapman, as a queer black woman, would have 
an almost zero chance at that achievement herself. Now, you might remember the song Fast Car by Tracy Chapman because it was a massive hit when it came out 30 some odd years ago and Community Notes, the fact-checking apparatus of Twitter, made note of that. Fast Car by Tracy Chapman was nominated for three Grammy Awards, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year. She won for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance and Best New Artist. Oh, and she has seven other nominations for Grammy Awards and two other wins. So the way that the Washington Post frames this is because this white guy, because what they're saying is he's a white guy, he's, you know, country singer, he must somehow also be a white supremacist, some of that nonsense. He's gonna make a whole bunch of money and win a whole bunch of awards on this song, uh, this Tracy Chapman song, and she could, oh, but she did win a whole bunch of awards and she became super rich on it. And then here's the best part. Not only did she get, do they get fact-checked, Washington Post and that ridiculous quote-unquote journalist, but even Tracy Chapman herself is speaking out against this nonsense. Here uh, is a quote that she gave to People. Chapman, 59, spoke about the cover in an exclusive statement to Billboard, writing, I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honored to be there. Praising the new version by Combs, 33, she continued to the outlet. I'm happy for Luke and his success and grateful that new fans have found and embraced Fast Car. So do you see what the machine does with absolutely everything? You ha I didn't know she was queer, but okay, you've got a queer black woman who is a multiple Grammy winner. She's gotta be a millionaire making tons of money still on residuals and all of that stuff. A young country singer, and this guy is, uh, he's a major star right now. He comes in, does a cover of it. She gets residuals on that stuff. It's not like he's just jacking the song and that's it. Everybody's making money. Everybody gets to hear more of her songs. Washington Post, the machine, the corporate press machine, decides to make it about race and racism and opening up conversations about queer blah, blah, blah. And it's all B. It's all BS, much like, remember the story we covered last week about Jonah Hill, who sent out very tepid uh, tweet, uh, text to his girlfriend saying, hey, you know, I'd prefer you not put out nude pictures and these are the things that I need if you wanna be in a relationship with me. And then all of the mainstream media said he was a misogynist and he hates women and blah, blah, blah. This is what they do with everything and they do not stop, right? So Hollywood, which is in complete free fall right now because of the writer's strike. Did you even know, uh, you person watching this right now on the other side of that screen, do you even know that the late night shows are not even on right now because there are no writers, because the writers are on strike? Does anyone watch those shows? Is there anyone that's out there like, where's Colbert? I can't fall asleep. I, I just can't imagine. But anyway, Hollywood's on strike. It's a big issue, but the wokeness in Hollywood is not going anywhere. And what is the epicenter of the woke? Well, of course, it is Disney, Disney, which is crumbling their profits, their market share, the whole thing. And new CEO, Bob Iger, who is also old CEO uh, because he was the CEO years ago. Then that guy, another Bob, Bob Chapik took in. Bob Chapik, Chapik put the thing, put the woke thing on steroids, right? Iger comes in to kind of clean it up. Uh, here he is talking about DeSantis and trying to tell people that Disney's not actually woke and they're not sexualizing kids. Uh, you see if you believe him. What about DeSantis, who's going to be on the hustings, so to speak, for the next year? And he's going, he's made this a part of his campaign, uh, attacking Disney, saying it's a woke corporation. We've put the company on a pedestal, but they've really embraced the idea of getting the sexualized content 
in the program line that I'm not willing to cross. I mean, that's what he said. I quoted DeSantis there. How do you respond to that? Well, what, so far, what we've said publicly is that we are um, <laughs> concerned that he has decided to retaliate against the company for a position the company took on pending legislation in that state. And frankly, the company was within its right, even though I'm not sure it was handled very well, was within its right to speak up on an issue, constitutionally protected right of free speech, and to retaliate against the company in a way that would be harmful to the business. The notion that Disney is in any way sexualizing children, quite frankly, is is preposterous um, and inaccurate. The notion that Disney is sexualizing children is quite frankly preposterous. Connor, are you ready? Roll the tape. The notion that Disney is in any way sexualizing children, quite frankly, is is preposterous um, and inaccurate. Hello, and welcome to the Disney Plus This Is Me Pride Celebration Spectacular. Texted me this morning, (laughs) you know, Gen Z is 30 to 40% queer than the other generation's mom, so Disney better get with it. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like, my like not at all secret gay agenda. They've been really open to exploring queer stories. I'm on the production side. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. I identify as like a biromantic asexual. I want to like add the the pockets of the LGBTQ community that you don't see. I was like, I want to get like gay advanced. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's hello everyone or hello friends. We were targeting Gen Z and and millennials. We were targeting a younger... um, All this content's going for to kids who don't know any of this. And even if they're in a household like Keith uh, that have uh, supportive parents, they're still getting all of this information from media of what is normal. Oh, Bob Iger, you're not going to be a fan of mine. Um, Can any of you in this room tell me what a canonical asexual character might be? Is there a child that's, uh, say, four or five years old, wants mommy and daddy, and I could, this could happen to me in a couple of years when the kids want to go to the movie theater. What if one of the boys looks up and, Daddy, I want to see a canonical asexual character. <laughs> what, 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 I just made that kid a little Asian. The kid became a little Asian there, or a little robotic. Daddy, I want to see a canonical asexual baby. <laughs> What the are these people talking about? <laughs> anyway, this, these people, all right, put those people aside for a second. If that's not bad enough, the canonical asexual characters. <laughs> no, I want to see a canonical bisexual Star Wars. Um, the other thing that Disney has destroyed is they've absolutely destroyed Star Wars. Everyone knows they've destroyed Star Wars. And they've really now started to make a mess of Marvel, which when they took over, they did a bunch of good things with. But now Marvel's starting to struggle, too. Here's Iger on how they are actually stepping away from some of those properties because, you know, they bought everybody's dreams, right? Disney had all of the Disney dreams. All of the Disney stories they've had over decades. They bought Marvel, they bought Star Wars. And do you think, ladies and gentlemen, that maybe one giant corporate conglomerate shouldn't own all of our dreams? Perhaps, maybe. Listen to Iger himself. Marvel and Star Wars, too much. I mean, you almost indicated kind of it's it's been a little much. Do you pull back in a way? Is yes. It, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you pull back not just to focus, but it's also part of our cost containment initiative. 
you know, right. spending less, making spending less on what we make and making less. Daddy, take me to an asexual canonical Star Wars film. <laughs> Okay, joking aside for just a second, if I could possibly do this with a straight face, Star Wars was demolished. Star Wars, which would, like, it captured generations. It captured the imagination of generations. I certainly know it captured my uh, imagination and, and literally millions and millions of other people. But then they decided, instead of writing great stories with great characters, they decided these things had to be woke. They were afraid to take risks. When George Lucas created the original Star Wars, he was fighting the studios, right? There's the very famous story of him fighting the studios over budget. So he eventually decides to take the money for the licensing rights for the toys, which no one thought kids were gonna play with little Star Wars toys. He ends up making billions of dollars on that. Uh, I tweeted, when I saw this video, I, I tweeted that out and I said something to the effect of how George Lucas should now buy back Star Wars from Disney and then say, you know what, just announce it was all nonsense what they've done with it and we're gonna restart this whole thing. I know he's kind of bitter about what happened and the fans turned on him and he hasn't been treated fairly uh, by, by so many people after creating something that was loved and is loved by so many, so many people, but he could just hand it to somebody else. And by the way, he's worth about four point two billion dollars. Can you see how much money did George Lucas sell Star Wars for? I wanted the number on that. Last I saw, he's worth about 4.2 billion now. He could probably buy Star Wars back on the cheap and then save it. What a cool story would that would be. How much? How much? Four. He sold it for four and he's worth 4.2. Still, he made a, he made 2.2 billion dollars since then. It's still pretty good. Well, he probably had some cash, but you get the point. Anyway, they have demolished classic films, they've demolished franchises. And the point is they're not focusing on them enough. They are focusing on something else. As my friend Peter Bogosian often says, once a company or an institution, entertainment, government, whatever it is, when it's, once it allows wokeness in, its eye is no longer on the ball, right? What is the, what is the goal of Disney, the film portion of Disney? There's the parks portion. The parks portion is to create the greatest adventure for a day for a family to go and spend $100 on uh, popcorn and whatever else. But the, the day is so that the, the hopefully is the family spends a certain amount of money, the company makes money, the family walks away saying, boy, that was worth doing, it was fun, our kids had a great time, we're gonna come back, we're gonna tell our friends about it. That's what the parks do. The movies are supposed to capture your imagination so that you will go back and see more. The company makes money and you feel entertained and everything else. But once you let woke in, you no longer are focused on the mission, right? You are focused on a whole bunch of other things. We better have a canonical Jedi so they're always focused on the wrong things. Once they get focused on the wrong things, they destroy the things, which is exactly why Iger's pulling back from Star Wars and Marvel right now. Let's not pretend it's for any other reason. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, and one of the other things that that leads to is an entire industry, Hollywood, which is now beginning to crumble. We have a headline from CBS. Hollywood drama, actors join writers in striking against producers. Uh, and now I wanna show you actually, there's a little text there, but we can, we can jump past that. I wanna show you this interesting uh, 
moment on a podcast that I saw. Uh, comedian Theo Vaughn and uh, actor Adam Devine, who you've seen in a whole bunch of things, uh, they were talking about how, just as I just said, that once you allow wokeness into something, and in their, uh, what they're discussing is comedy and movies, once you allow it in, it will destroy the whole freaking thing. Take a look. They, there used to be something like every studio would put out several comedies every, every year, and there was like 45 or 46 comedies in the theaters every year. So about every week or every other week or so, there's a new comedy in the theaters. And, uh, and then now, last year, there was like six or seven. That's crazy. It's crazy. And people need, and the crazy thing is, is it feels like people need comedy more than ever. Yeah. I feel like they want it. I yeah. feel, yeah. So that's Which, what this movie was. It was like, and it, there's no like hidden message. I feel like nowadays people like you get to the end of what you think is a comedy right. and you're like, is that about global warming? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, is this, is there like some deep hidden message that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to recycle more or yeah. like, you know, yeah. there, there has to be something else. Right. Oh, it. the moon is trans. Is that what, yeah. is that the surprise? <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. Well, I do. I guess we do have to think about that. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah a, I agree. There's, there's a lot of, what was, there was a great movie. And that's what your David Spade and uh, your movie is about. It yeah, is. Yeah. Trans moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are, just the people to, 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 to spread that message. Oh, it's Thank about you. transportation. It's about <laughs> a lot of vehicles admitting who they really yeah, are. Like cars wanting to be motorcycles, motorcycles wishing they were scooters. Yeah, it's just it's where things are. <laughs> you guys get it. They push out all of this nonsense. Trans this, trans that. There were five Transformer movies. More than meets the eye. You see what I did there? Not the funniest thing I've ever said. Kind of, you could have put in a sound effect of a wah, wah. Do we have a wah, wah? We should have one of those. No, okay, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> now, the issue, they're making, they're actually making a good point, though. If, if you think about what entertainment really is, so think whatever, think for you guys, what, what is your favorite comedy movie of all time? Mine is Naked Gun, without question. Naked Gun, which was the next version of, it was, to me, it was Airplane on steroids. I was 13 years old when I saw it. I thought it was the funniest freaking thing in the history of the world. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. A fat man who was sitting in front of me in the aisle seat actually fell out of his chair into the aisle from laughing so hard. But whatever your favorite movie is, whether it was Naked Gun, Airplane, Best in Show, wh whatever, you're, whatever you love. Like they weren't trying to teach you anything. They were trying to make you freaking laugh. Seinfeld's probably the best example of that as a sitcom. It was never trying to teach you anything. It was just going for the laugh. We can all think back to the sitcoms that every now and again, like every eighth episode would suddenly be, oh my God, that guy did crack. And what's gonna, what, we have to teach a lesson now, like these corny things. But that's not what this should be about. Now, so you might go, well, why is it? Why is it that Hollywood went so woke? Why is it that this stuff keeps getting pushed on us? There's a very specific reason. It's coming from the top down. And one of the ways that the banks and the corporations and the machine push all of this woke nonsense is through ESG. We've talked about ESG an awful lot before. It's called environmental, social, and corporate governance. This is basically the way the banks and the banks and the government, so this is actual fascism, force corporations to have diversity in their companies and have all these ridiculous departments and put out products that are gonna be more environmentally friendly, which is a giant grift and all of that stuff. So now you're gonna watch something that is gonna, well, it's not gonna blow your mind because you're a, you're a wise viewer of the Rubin Report. But there was a hearing, a congressional hearing yesterday in DC about ESG and here is communist socialist, I'm not even gonna say a couple of the other words I think of this woman uh, from Michigan, Rashida Tlaib, 
uh, asking some questions about ESG and wait to the end. Really listen to what she says here. You're saying right now that's not the reason that manufactured homes are rising costs. You're saying it's ESG. I'm saying it's a contributor and it is buying. It's a contributor? It is. When did ESG come up in the manufactured homes industry? When? ESG is a framework. When? It's the main. When? We're, when did it come facing, about? When did they start talking about? 2019? 18? Facing, we're facing these DOE. Reports. When did they start talking about ESG in your industry? No, I really mean it, you guys, because understand this. This is the bizarre thing. I've never even heard of ESG until now. That was a hearing on ESG. How many times have I mentioned ESG on this show? Glenn Beck has written several books about it. Florida as a state has banned ESG. Um, ESG, as I just explained, this is how they're forcing all of this stuff. And this communist, this awful LARPing actress pretending to be a, 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 a congresswoman, she did not even know what ESG was, and she had the fucking balls, pardon my French, to say that at the hearing about ESG? We've played you video of BlackRock CEO Larry Fink pushing for ESG back in 2017. Remember this video? Here's how we can force people to do the societal change that we want. It is just so extraordinary, and it tells you that there is no bottom to the pit that now is the modern Democrat Party and their connections to all of this. But it even goes further. Uh, there was another hearing about climate change. You know, these are people in government. These are very serious people. They bring in people. They ask them questions. Nothing ever changes, but they sit there and they talk and they. Burr, 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 burr. And here's a Tree Man. What's his? He's an he's an ent, but I his name is. Treebeard, uh, you know him as John Kerry. I call him Treebeard from the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, movies over there. Uh, here is John Kerry, our former climate czar under Barack Obama, who's now still flying all over the country and all over the world in his private jet. Uh, here he is explaining a bit about climate change to the people of Congress. You asked the question, what's it gonna look like? Uh, that depends on what we decide to do. It's very obvious that there are huge threats here. Uh, literally, food production for an entire continent could implode. Water is already diminishing. Last year, the Rhine River was down to inches. They had to stop navigation on the river because of it. You're seeing glaciers that are now absolutely predictable as to when they will be completely gone. And, and at the rate the ice is melting in the north and south of Antarctica and Antarctica, um, there are dire predictions now about how that's moved forward by about 30 years at the pace at which the, the, it is vanishing. Uh, and parts of the Earth are warming much faster than other parts of the Earth. The Arctic, for instance, is warming four times faster than the rest of the Earth. Other places are. We're hitting heat levels in places that have never been lived by human beings on a regular basis. Oh no, heat levels in places that humans have never lived. I guess they're gonna continue not to live there. Look, everything he said there is nonsense. This jackass flies his private jet all over the world. They live in a way that they would never allow you to live. You, you have nothing to worry about and don't worry, they're not worried about it either, which is why Barack Obama lives on a 30 acre estate on the water in Martha's Vineyard. Don't worry, no illegal immigrants over there. Uh, but now here's the kicker of this freaking thing. They asked John Kerry about him flying his own private jet around the world to talk about climate change and you will just love this freaking answer. So uh, I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. 
We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It, it just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. A few moments later. You uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I your family? personally, yes, my wife owned a plane. Oh, oh, I completely forgot my wife owned the plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, he's a lizard person. Do you notice how when he talks, the, the, the tongue... It keeps popping out of it. I never owned a plane. Oh, my wife owned. I can't take these people. I cannot take it. I cannot take it. All right, let's shift to sanity. Let's shift to sanity. Uh, because related to all of this, as you know, DeSantis has been really the main guy standing up to this nonsense and people appreciate it. And I think the more that he gets out there and shares that message with the average person, as much as the media is going to go after him and Trump and whatever, I think more and more people are going to see it. Uh, here he is in Tennessee yesterday calling out the Republicans who were siding with Disney because as you know, Mike Pence went after him. Oh, it was a little bit much to go after Disney. We don't like to use the government to do that. Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, a whole bunch of them went after DeSantis for doing it. But the average person sees that what DeSantis did was right and they appreciate it. I have most of these Republicans attacking me for siding with the children versus Disney. And that's a vision of the Republican Party when you're siding with woke corporations over your own constituency that is not going to win elections, and it's not the morally right thing to do. We have to draw a line on the sand when it comes to our children. We oppose the sexualization of minors, and we will battle anybody who seeks to rob them of their innocence, even the biggest, baddest corporation of them all. We will stand for what's right. And if you can't do that, you've got no business being elected dog catcher as a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't have to... I don't have to make any crazy comments, talk about canonical asexuality or anything. Yeah, it's just simple and you know it and you get it and the people appreciate it. Okay, fine. I want to show you one more clip of DeSantis because something really great happened yesterday. You know, when I when I did the show yesterday, and by the way, we, we went through some comments yesterday. Thank you for the uh, the kind words on yesterday's show. I do I think we really kind of nailed it and tried to frame things in a little bit of a, of a I don't know, more clear way, I suppose, politically, because it was our first sort of pure political show in a while. Uh, but the two questions that I posed at the top of the show yesterday were when you're deciding who to vote for, I think you have two things that you have to think about. You have to think, number one, do I roughly agree with this guy politically? Like, does he, do I basically agree with what his political positions are, right? So you, that's for you to decide. And you might say Trump and someone might say DeSantis or Nikki or whoever it might be. You might say RFK, doesn't matter. And then the second question is, do, can this person accomplish these things? Do you believe that they have a track record and the ability to go ahead and accomplish the things that are the issues in question number one? Obviously, I think that's DeSantis. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now, what's interesting that's going on right now is there is a war. There is an absolute war brewing in the in the Republican Party. And that war is, do we go and do the Trump thing again or do we do the, the new blood DeSantis thing again? That, that really is what it all boils down to. There's a lot of other characters and everyone's playing their role and all that. Uh, but there was a really interesting moment yesterday with uh, DeSantis doing a Q&A uh, with a, a nice woman who asked him a question in a really beautiful way. And I, th- I think this, is, this captures a lot of what probably all of you are going through. Take a look. I was invited to come today to listen to you uh, by this gentleman, Representative Moss. Um, I'm a very hardcore Trump supporter, but I know he made me stop and think a minute because my love for President Trump comes from all the despair, all the things that he's been through, has served as our president of the United States, and he did a good job. But all the things, I'm thinking more with my heart and my sorrow and my love for him and for this country. But now I ha- this is the most important vote that we're going to have, and I have to think more with my mind and what's best for this country. And you did an excellent job, and I certainly appreciate God bless you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I agree with you. I appreciate what President Trump did. Uh, how they treated him with things like Russia collusion was a disgrace. And, um, and he was treated wrong. Uh, he was treated in ways that were unconstitutional. Uh, but here's the thing. The question for us now is what are we going to do about it? And we need to end the weaponization of government. I will get that done. It's not about me, it's about you. It's about me standing up for you and standing up for this constitution and restoring this country to what the founding fathers envisioned. And, and we, will, we will get it done. We will be focused, we will be disciplined, and we will make it happen. Okay, now watch this, ladies and gentlemen. What you just saw right there was a, uh, a voter, a citizen of the United States, respectfully and honestly saying exactly what she believes. She freaking loved Trump. Trump was treated horribly. Now she believes there's a new way to go. Then you saw the candidate say he appreciates what Trump's done. He believes there's a new way to go and it's done respectfully and all of those things. Now I wanna throw back to something we showed you at the top of the show, which was not done respectfully. And then I think I'll show you the way out. So here's Barkley again earlier. I want y'all to drink this beer. I want y'all to drink this beer. I got three cases of Bud Light. Hey, and I want to say this. If you're gay, bless you. If you're transgender, bless you. And if you have a problem with that, you. So we all have a moment, right? We can either tell a huge swath of people to F off for whatever reason. We can all figure out a reason to tell a whole bunch of people to F off. I often think about it. And sometimes I do it on this show. Or we can do what that woman and DeSantis did right there, 
which is appreciate good people for their moment. And then perhaps, and then this is up to you guys, decide whether it has to be that person going forward or is there someone else or what is the difference between voting with your heart and voting with your brain or can you combine those two things or meet in the middle or whatever it is. And the other way we can defeat this thing, not only by being a little bit better and not telling everybody to F off, is do some of this, fight a little of this with canonical asex, no, with humor. And uh, that's exactly what Roseanne did yesterday on uh, Piers Morgan's show. What is a woman? <laughs> A woman is me. A woman is somebody whose breasts hang down to her stomach and who has uh, a prolapsed uterus from giving birth to five ungrateful little bastards who have never had to work for a thing in their goddamn life. That's what a woman is. <laughs> I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, Jake, who's Roseanne's son, who I used to do some work with, uh, who's a good dude. Jake, how are you? I know you worked occasionally every now and again, and I want to finish today's show uh, with the other way. You can beat them with humor. You can, well, you can beat them with the head and the heart, right? You can beat them with humor and you can just also beat them with free speech and with truth. And that's getting tougher because they're coming for all of it, but we can keep trying, uh, allow Ice Cube to take, is that his real name, Ice Cube? What's your baby's name, Ice Well, here's Ice Cube. What's the answer to this? Because I think it's crazy that in a democracy like the United States, like the United Kingdom, that people are too frightened to speak their mind, to say what they think. What do we do about this? I think you say what you want to say and to hell with the consequences. Mm. You got to be willing to fight for your rights and fight for what you believe in. And if you're a person who believes in freedom of speech, you have to fight and say what you feel and let the chips fall where they may and uh, stand on that. And, you know, it may not be an easy road, but um, I think you feel better about yourself when you say what needs to be said at the time it needs to be said and not afterwards where you go home and think, I should have said this when that guy was there or when I was there, I should have said that and I didn't. We can that haunts you more. Ice Cube, I can't argue with that. I have no doubt I have political disagreements and probably a whole bunch more with Ice Cube, but if you say what you think in that moment that you're supposed to say, you will probably, it doesn't mean you're not gonna get punched in the mouth every now and again, you might, but it might just be better than the silent acquiescence that allows a lot of the bad characters to gain strength. On that note, that is our show for today. I would say this might have been the most canonical asexual show we've ever done. My full interview with RFK Jr. is up on the computer machine. You can find it. I know you can. And we've got a post-game show for you in about 36 seconds at rubenreport.locals.com. And we leave you with noted alt-right leader, Mr. Rogers. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir, everybody's fancy, everybody's fine.
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.